0: Well, are you ready? We're talking about Jesus' encounters. And uh, let's get ready. Let's hold our Bibles up. I'm going to grab my hard copy today. Uh, We are going to be talking uh, in a passage of Scripture out of Luke. But get ready. Hold your Bible up. I am praying that this is becoming much, much, much more deep than just a saying. But I am praying that the Word of God will get down into your heart where it belongs, where God wants it, where it'll bring fruit. So that's why we say, this book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Amen. Amen. This morning we're continuing. This is our uh, fourth time that we are talking about Jesus' encounters. Having an encounter with Jesus, having a time where Jesus interrupts your life or better yet as you go out and he interrupts someone else's life through your life because you are serving him and we're going to be talking about that uh, today. But uh, let's uh, get ready. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. I don't know, but they'll hopefully get that pulled up. Are we close, guys? All right. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, starting at verse number 26. Let's read. And they sailed to the country of Genesis and... (laughs) 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 <laughs> Jurasinus, <and laughs> which is opposite of Galilee. And when they had come out to the land, he met, was met by a certain man from a city who was possessed with demons and who had not put any clothing on for a long time and was not living in a house but in the tombs. And seeing Jesus... He cried out and fell before him and said in a loud voice, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had been commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had seized him many times, and he was bound with chains and shackles and kept under guard, and yet he would burst his fetters And be driven by the demon into the desert. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, legion, for many demons have entered him. And they were entreating him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now there was a herd of many swine feeding there in the mountains and the demons entreated him to permit them to enter the swine and he gave them permission and the demons came out from the man and entered the swine and the herd rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned And when the herdsmen saw what would happen what had happened they ran away and reported it to the city and out in the country And the people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting down at the feet of Jesus clothed in his right mind and they became frightened. And those who had seen it reported to them how the man who was demon possessed had been made well. And all the people of the country of Jurassicness (laughs) I'm not going to be able to say that word. Uh, Let me tell you something about myself. There are times where my mind sees the word and it's just refusing to say it. And so just bear with me. It's one of those things. It's all right. It's the word of God. We're going to get through it. And so the surrounding district, and asked him to depart from them. And they were gripped with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. But the man from whom the demons had gone out was begging him that he might accompany him. And he sent him away, saying, Return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. It happened on my way to uh, Snoqualmie. I was headed up there on Thursday. I had been in an area where I had been listening to my normal Christian station that I listened to and it started to get fuzzy and it was to the point where I thought okay I got to change the channel and being in an area where I knew that I wasn't going to just automatically pick up my other favorite Christian radio station I determined that I would just surf and seek and I punched the seek button and it stopped and I was taken back to a memory many of you will probably not who know who this is, but others of you will know. As I heard the song, Cold Ethel being played on the radio. Now, if you don't know anything about that song, that's, of course, hard rocker Alice Cooper, (laughs) who, who unfortunately is singing about something that is very wicked. And as uh, my mind went there, uh, I thought, you know what? I had heard that Jesus had had an encounter with him. And it made me come home, and as soon as I got home, I went on my computer, and I looked up, and I saw his testimony. It's powerful. You need to look at it. If you haven't yet seen it, I encourage you to do it. Because there I was, and then I said, Lord, that would be so awesome. And I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, have you forgotten? And my mind immediately went as I entered the town only having been there a week, about two weeks, I remember encountering a man, probably hair down at least to here, black, black fingernails, gaunt looking, had to weigh 110 120 at the most, dark, mascara under his eye, a hard-looking guy. And as I passed by him, I said hi, and that was it. And I remember encountering him again about two weeks later, and I remember... as I was seeing him, having the thought, Lord, wow, that truly is someone who is lost. This passage of scripture is talking about someone who was a hopeless case. Society had given up on him. Joe was one of those people. That city that I entered was Winlock. Believe it or not, in that little city of Winlock, there on that street corner where I would go to get the mail and go into the post office, about the second week, I ran into Joe Gray. Everyone in the community would have no problem with the definition hopeless case. When I first entered Joe's house, I literally had to pray in order to be in the house without physically wanting to vomit. I went in because... He needed to see the love of Jesus. When he asked me to sit down, and I did sit down, I have to say, I said, Lord, I'm here with a purpose. Just protect me and be with me. There were all kinds of things in this home. (laughs) Alcohol everywhere occultism everywhere. But really, the thing that took me back again was praying, Lord, you really have to help me because I do not want to embarrass them, but I need you to touch my stomach because I'm not going to last. And I got done, and about... Three, four months went by. I found out that Joe had children. The next visit I was at his house, his children were there. His children were so lost. Pray for Joe. He is suffering from COPD and uh, is struggling, but he's a believer. And here's what I had the Lord say. Remember? Because I've told you the story about John before in Winlock. And I believe John was the one, remember, that got saved. And he was the largest drug dealer in Winlock, doing thousands of dollars every weekend. Uh, That was one uh, that that supplied the, the area for drugs, especially for meth, which was what Joe was on, by the way. And I began to see God take Joe Gray, someone who the world had deemed a hopeless case, God began to change him. He gave his heart to Jesus. When I would see Joe, I would give him the biggest hug, and there it began, the transformation that took place. Little by little, I would come to his house. I would have moments where I would begin to see something's changing. All of those things that were out of place in the home began to be cleaned up. Literally, I don't think that there was a space that did not have a dirty dish or something on the floor. They all began to be cleaned. I remember the first time that Joe got a job, and I remember him walking through the back doors of the church, dressed To where literally had I not known who it was I would not have even recognized him he had put on probably about 25 pounds here he comes walking up the aisle absolutely looking like someone who literally would be in a magazine I mean his nails were trimmed His hair was cut and combed. He had on the nicest shirt. He smelled different. Do you hear what I'm saying? Please, I'm not trying to offend anybody. What I'm trying to get at, North Lake, is ministry is messy. Make no mistake about it. If we are going to reach this County, the city of Camas, the city of Washugal for Jesus, it's going to mean it gets messy. And see, this is where we have to choose. Are we willing to keep our pristine or are we willing to say, Jesus, you went and your word says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. John uh, was another incredible story. John couldn't put two words together without stuttering. But when he would get up to teach Sunday school, my daughter is raising her hand because my daughter, this tells you the miracle, was John was her Sunday school teacher. Now, John had gone through discipleship. This is a year and a half after he got saved. He's teaching my children in Sunday school class. And it wasn't complicated. It was a very, it was a message about Jesus. He was teaching, I think, third grade at that time, or what, what, how old were you? First First grade. First grade. And here, as John stuttered every time when he was talking with somebody, when he got ready to talk about Jesus and present the word to the children, absolutely perfect. <laughs> Hallelujah. He didn't, and, and I, it dawned on me, because I don't think he noticed until I said, John. Do you notice that every time you start talking about Jesus, your stutter is gone? He didn't even, he was not even aware of it. But God did a miracle. And you know what? It gave him confidence. He began sharing Jesus like never before. He was always afraid because he was stuck. Now I will tell you, when John got nervous, if he wasn't talking about Jesus, it would come back. But I guarantee without fail, every time he stepped out to talk to someone about the Lord, perfect. God's a miracle working God. What I want to tell you today is God is able. What I want to tell you today is God is not hung up on what we think is a hopeless case. God is able to save everyone. And here he proves it. See, we see this man at the end of the results of sin. Who knows who he was before? Who knows what his life may have been like? But see, too often, we see sin at the beginning or at the pinnacle. See, Satan offers this incredible package. The money, the fame, the glamour, you name it, that sin being fun, all of it comes for a fleeting moment the Bible says it's like a bowl of soup and you sell your birthright for a bowl of soup. And after you sell that for that bowl of soup and you realize that the soup is gone and it isn't what you thought, Satan has you in bondage. This man was like that. We rarely see the end results of people's lives, although sometimes you see them and you hear about them. You hear about those that are supposed to have, quote, the perfect life. I'm so thrilled that, you know, uh, Tiger Woods seems to be regaining himself after being strayed for so long. I don't know where he is spiritually I pray someone is telling him about Jesus. Because the tragedy would really be that he gets his life together and still doesn't know Jesus. But this man had been so far gone, sin had really taken him and the ugliness had really been shown for what it was. This guy's life was ruined. It was ruined. I mean, there he was, he was in this place, and he was someone who couldn't even put clothes on. He was naked all the time. He was living not in a home, but in the tombs. He didn't even have a house. Literally, it said that the demon or demons would seize him at times and literally just make him do whatever they wanted. He was bound with chains and shackles, and yet there were times when the demons would break those and he'd get free anyway. This man was so unwanted by the city that he was living outside of, and everyone knew who he was. Everyone. I remember when uh, Mac Taylor was sitting down, he was the chief of police of Winlock. I remember the spirit of the Lord through somebody said that the chief of police in Winlock, and I really didn't know what that meant at the time when we first started coming to Winlock, but I recall that he was key because he came to me and said, do you realize who these people are? And I said, well, yeah, I know who that is. That's John, that's Joe. He said, no. He said, do you realize who they are? He said, these two people are the two people that if you would have asked me if anyone would change, I would have told you not these. The one who was selling the drugs, <laughs> the worst one, and the one who was worst at using the drugs. Literally, saved and by the way in the same church serving the Lord and it was there through that testimony through that that God opened the door of opportunity for me to be able to share the gospel with the chief of police which by the way he gave his heart to the Lord hallelujah so those of you who may see and say You know what, I'm telling you, that is a hopeless case. There are no hopeless cases. As long as there is breath, there is hope if you call on Jesus. As long as there is breath. And here, this person had a Jesus encounter. Now, here's my point, Northlake. That was great. Jesus was there. Praise the Lord. We read it about it in Scripture. We even, we even, you know, like watching a football game. We all, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jesus says something really scary. He says, get the uniform on and suit up. Cause you're going next. And we say, oh no, <laughs> no, not me. I'm you go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. Go, 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 Jesus. And we run off the field. But Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And he wants us to engage it. He wants us to see that there is no hopeless cause. Now, I will tell you, sin is destructive. If you don't believe that sin is destructive, listen to what the Word of God says. In the morning, you will say, if it were only evening, and in the evening, if it were only morning, (laughs) because of the terror that will fill your hearts and the sights that your eyes will see. The Lord will send you back in ships to Egypt on a journey I said you should never make again. There you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. That is what God is talking about when you're in sin. You've gone so far that even after the world has used you and spit you up and, or, or chewed you up and spit you out, then even they don't want you around. Even they won't buy you. And here's the greatest thing. For that hopeless case, guess who will? Jesus! He sees that one and he says, I'll do it. I'll restore them. I'll be the one. My blood came to die for that one. That's the one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So yes, sin is destructive. We sometimes only see the beginning or maybe uh, because of all the smoke and mirrors of Hollywood, they're good at hiding it. But I'm telling you, the end result of life without Jesus is hopeless. But here's the incredible thing. The great transformation of the man is priceless here this same one this one that no one wanted to be around here he is he has an encounter with jesus and he is not the same person he's sitting down first of all he and and not meaning he's sitting down shackled you understand Look at what the scripture says. He's sitting down at the feet of Jesus. The clear uh, uh, picture here is he is sitting resting and submissive to God. Praise the Lord. This one who could not sit, this one who, who had no chain that could hold him, all of a sudden his chains are gone and he's sitting at the feet of a Savior who has set him free. And he's not only sitting there. First of all, the first thing that you would find shocking is just like Joe when he walked through the back door of the church. I'll, I'll never forget, I looked and I knew who it was, but I'm telling you, he had hair down to here. Now when I tell you that, that's not that big of a deal. But I'm just being honest to tell you, it was hair that hadn't been washed for a long time. And, And I'm not trying to be cruel, I'm trying to tell you a story. Just like when he walked through the back door of that church and I saw him and I said, that's Joe, but it's not Joe. That's what they had to do when they saw that man and they walked by and they said, he's got clothes on. That had to have been a shock. I mean, this guy, it says in the scripture we read, he hadn't had clothes for a long time. It wasn't like he just forgot to put them on one day. He was going around like that all the time. And all of a sudden, he has an encounter with Jesus, and he's sitting at his feet, fully clothed. That's shocking. And then it says that they noticed that he was in his right mind, and that he was made well. Unbelievable, healed. What did Jesus say to us today? He said, I've healed you. Now, I'm telling you, I don't know maybe what your trouble is today, but as I've told you before, it really doesn't matter whether I know. (laughs) What I need to say to you is the one that knows is the one who can deliver you. (laughs) The one who knows is the one who can heal you. The one who knows. He's the one that can take it all away. Hallelujah. But even though that happened, even though that took place, it talks about there in the scripture that they were so frightened By the change and I will tell you there were some and I told Joe and I told John John would tell me people don't believe me you remember Saul who became Paul even the Apostles didn't believe him even the Apostles said "Uh, yeah tell us about it from over there (laughs) and and it took them a while before they could trust it took them a while before they could believe it but here in this part of the town it said that some of them were so frightened and so upset over the pigs that they had lost that they said Jesus get into your boat and go away go back We don't want you here. Now, you really have to think about this. There really is a part of this that you scratch your head and you say, Oh, that really wouldn't happen. I mean, come on. These people are seeing an incredible miracle before their very eyes. There's no denying it. This is not like something that you do sleight of hand. Okay. This is something that is absolutely a miraculous healing. And yet, there were some in the town that were so hard that they said, Go away, Jesus. We're more comfortable with what we had than with what you're doing. May we never get that way in the kingdom of God. May we never say, Lord, what you're doing is too uncomfortable for us. What you're doing, it, it, it radically changes me too much. Just would you, c- could I just see you from a distance? You know, when Moses went to meet with, with the Lord, they said, Moses, you go. We'll just kind of stay over here. Let's all say, Lord, whatever you're doing, whatever I see. Jesus said something incredible in the Gospels. He said, I won't do anything unless I see my Father do it first. May we be like that. And when we see Jesus doing it, may we say, Lord, we will do it. We will go. We will be the one because you have shown us the way. There are some, make no mistake about it, that as Jesus said in Luke 16, 31, speaking of the rich man who had died, and he said, well, at least let me come back from the dead so I can talk to my brothers and sisters and family So that they don't come to this place of torment. In hell he was. And Jesus said this to him. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone raises from the dead. Wow. And you know how I've talked to you about proof of the resurrection. And so I I truly tell you, these ones that would not believe, and that's exactly what it was, they would not believe. They saw the miracle. They knew the change. There was no doubt about what happened to the person. They just said, I choose not to. So understand, even when we have God doing things, don't be disappointed. Don't be so caught up in results. The world drives us to be result-oriented. I struggle with that. I'm, I, I understand that because I, I, I'm built that way sometimes to where the Holy Spirit has to pop me in the head, say, stop. You need to just relax and, and, and be obedient. But what I'm saying is don't get discouraged. Some of you may to be maybe need to be encouraged that, Pastor, you don't know how long. I haven't seen anything. And the very ones that do see God do something, they just turn their hearts hard. You let the Lord worry about that. I will tell you about this. I will tell you this. Jesus wasn't in the slightest offended by them saying Jesus get into your boat and go back but I'll tell you what he did he said okay I will but I'm gonna leave somebody with you (laughs) and and that brings us to our next point the personal testimony Given and proclaimed is powerful. Here, Jesus could have said, oh, but you don't understand. Didn't you see the great miracle I did? He simply said, okay, and he left. But when the man came to get on the boat with him, he said, no. I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go back home. And I want you to begin talking, telling everybody, the great things God has done Jesus literally got on the boat while he sent an envoy (laughs) he got on the boat while he said to this one who he just healed you stay and you began talking and he specifically said something that I think we need to hear he said start at home first. And because really we have become in the last 30 years real good at religion in America, but we need transformation. I say to you that if you're going to your house and your home and they can't tell the difference whether you're a Christ follower or not, you need to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about whether there has been transformation. I I don't say that to be harsh. I say that in love to say, evaluate where you are. Because the greatest person that will see change is the ones who know you most. They will see transformational change. If Jesus is there it doesn't mean you will be perfect and sinless. Don't hear that because that will only happen when we see him face to face. But what it does mean is people will see who you were isn't who you are. (laughs) They will say, something is different. Something has changed. And like here in the story, we see that he went back and he started. And Jesus said, start at home. Start with your family, telling them the great things God has done. And as he did, The scripture then says that he began proclaiming throughout the whole city the great things God has done. They said no to Jesus but he sent him back and said start at home. May I say to you God is able to revive the deadest of things. You get that? You understand that? God is the one that breathed life into us first. We were nothing but a lump of clay. Before he breathed, the in, in Genesis it says he literally breathed the breath of life in us. That's the only reason we have breath and are alive, is God's breath. That's why I say that's why Paul says literally that, that idiom it, it, that he said, in him we live and move and have our being. Because it's as we sang, it's your breath in our lungs. It all belongs to him. So May I say, Jesus has placed you right where you're supposed to be. Just like this guy, sometimes we say, Lord, can you send someone else to my family? And God would say, no, you're my plan. You're my plan. Now, for whatever reason, if that is scary to you, the only thing I can say to you is don't say, don't, don't give the testimony that he did for Ron or for Barb or Dwenin, or Jared or anyone else here. What do you do? You tell what God has done for you. Tell the great things God has done for you. That's what God wants. And as you do it, he will take that testimony and he will have you giving a Jesus encounter to someone. So as we talk about Jesus encountering our world, Jesus then says, Now you go, and in me, I will go with you, and you will be the vessel which will bring the encounter. Praise the Lord. This is, North Lake, the hope for Clark County, for your workplace, for your neighbors, for your mother, your father, your brother and sister. It is the hope. For even those that you may think are the most hopeless case, Jesus is still the same. He is the God who can take even someone who is so far gone that his life is no longer their own. And he can transform them by the power of God to where they're sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed. And even those who start by saying no, Jesus, I often find come to him eventually. <laughs> My father was one that was so, 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 so hard, and for years and years. I really thought and believed he was the hopeless case. Only to have, I think, because the Lord knew I needed the encouragement, I was so discouraged. I said, God, why am I doing this anyway? Why do I even go to see him? And God said, you're looking at the external. You're looking at the things that are outside. You have no idea what I'm doing in his heart. And I only know that to be true when I led my father to the Lord Jesus. And it was a miracle. And even this, to this day, I will have moments when I will reflect on it and say, God, it's still. I, I saw it. I know it happened. I saw the transformation that took in his heart as I talked to him on the phone. But it still is almost like sometimes like Thomas that says, unless, you know, I can hold on to it, I'm not going to believe. But guys, as Jesus has done that here, he's wanting to do that through you. In your schools, in your homes, in your workplaces, in your communities, God wants to bring transformational change. There are ones who are away, they, they, life has had them. Some of them are so good at hiding it, but they're lost. Let's be his envoys Today. Let's hear the scripture, by the way, that's John chapter uh, 20, verses 21 and 22, where he says, As the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. I'm sending you. Go out and in Jesus' authority and power, simply begin to tell your story. Tell the great things God has done for you. Be obedient and watch what God does. God will begin to do miracles in your home, in your workplace, in your schools, and you'll say, wow, God still does it today. Bow your head with me. want to close the service by simply asking and giving an opportunity that if there be anybody here you would say Pastor Brian I, I may not be that hopeless cause but I don't have Jesus in my life I don't have him in my heart I know I've got holes I've got things that I just know I'm at a kilter I'm not with the Lord Jesus has come to have an encounter with you today and I want to encourage you if there be anybody here you would say Pastor Brian I need him I need to invite him into my heart I need to make that decision to serve him I want to just ask, with no one looking around, is there anyone who would slip your hand up and say, yeah, Brian, would you pray with me? I want to invite Jesus in my heart. I want to have that happen. I want to have that experience. Just slip your hand up and then put it right back down. Yes, I see that hand. Okay, then I'm going to ask another question and I'm not going to ask you to come, but I want you to respond. You say, Pastor, why do you always ask us to respond? Because I see it's so easy to mentally assent to something, but it's entirely different when you're asked to step out and say, yes, Lord. So I'm going to ask you, If you're here and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, yes, I've been encouraging you, I've been drawing you, I've been saying, I want you to be my envoy. I want you, I want you to begin speaking of the great things that I have done. And maybe you've been, for whatever reason, a little not willing or or shy or timid but you're saying, I know God is saying, step up, I'll go with you. Would you slip your hand up and say, yes, God, that's me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Then I'm going to ask if you raised your hand and you meant it, I want to turn my microphone off. I'm going to pray with you. I'm just going to ask. I won't hold you long, but Would you please just hang with me? If you raised your hand, you want to pray that prayer? I'm going to turn my microphone off. Will you come and I'm going to pray with you. I believe that's the greatest miracle that's happened this morning. There's never anything wrong with someone who is deciding to serve Jesus at a wonderful young age. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. God, as we get ready now to, Lord, go out from here into, Lord, your harvest field, God, I pray that we would be intentional with wherever you send us, whether it's in the marketplace, in our homes, uh, in our communities. God, let us remember this is your day. And let us, Lord, go out being intentional, ministering Jesus and having encounters, Lord, with you and with others under the power of your spirit in Jesus' name amen amen hey i want to personally invite you if you're new here and you have not been to a north lake 101 we invite you we got lots of food make sure you come we would love to have you god bless you i love you
1: Myself. Keep my eyes above i yeah. Thank you.